Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our hearts, that you will be glorified and that you will be lifted up and that you will draw all men unto you. And that it, the word will permeate our very souls, that we will be like a tree that's planted by the waters, that our fruit will not wither, but it will be bright and that it will have health. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now at the conclusion of this series. This series that we have been journeying on for the month of February has been entitled Family Life. And we have talked about it in three other episodes and today is that fourth and final episode. Our opening statement for this episode says the church family, which is the body of Christ, spans denominations and ethnicities, breaking down barriers and boundaries to unify all Christians now and at the end of time. The local church should look beyond its walls to the broader church and be willing to cross ethnic and class boundaries to engage with spiritual brothers and sisters for the glory and proclamation of the gospel. And so we have to get this mindset where it's not just about what's happening here, but it's what's happening here all over the place as we lift up the name of Jesus. And so as we have gone upon this journey, uh, we started off our first episode was subtitled Covenant Power. And in that episode, we talked about the unity of the marriage covenant and how God has put himself as a part of that covenant. He started that covenant. And we also discussed the fact, let me say this real quick. We also talked about there are three categories in the family that we're discussing. There's the married, there's the single, and there's the children. So episode one covered the married. In episode two, which we called uh, su completely sufficient, we talked about singles. Episode number three, we talked about the children. And that was subtitled, The Future Is Now. And today on episode number four, it's a very simple subtitle. It is called The Way. Now, I want us to note that The Way was the original nomenclature or the naming of what today we call Christianity. It was called The Way. And the reason I believe that it was called The Way is because that's what they kept saying. That Jesus is the way. Now, they were trying to make fun of them and say 
that, you know, y'all keep acting like Jesus, so we're going to call you Christians. But their whole thing was, we have the way to go. We know the way to the Father. And so let's talk about our definitions. We, two of these, we've, we say it every time, so we're going to hit them really quickly. Family is the collective body of persons who live in one house and under one head or manager or household. The next one is life. Life is the present state of existence, the time from birth to death, the manner of living or conduct. And our final de uh, definition for today is way. Way is a course, a direction of motion or travel. Let me hit you with that one more time. Way is a course, a direction of motion or travel. And so what we're going to talk about today is the way that the church should be operating. And so we're going to go to Ephesians, the second chapter. And in Ephesians, the second chapter, we're going to start at the 19th verse. And go to Revelations also. Revelations, the seventh verse I mean the 7th chapter starting at the ninth verse Ephesians 2 and 19 says so then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Revelations, the seventh chapter, starting at the ninth verse. Revelations, the seventh chapter, starting at the ninth verse. This is all English Standard Version, and it says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart, that we will grow thereby. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to start this off by making up some references to history so that we can understand the mindset of the way. The mindset of the way was based upon we are all in this together. As time has went along, we have all made our little niche that we wanted to be with. But initially, this was 
All of us are in this together, which refers back to the two foundational creeds of the church. They are called the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. And both of these have a particular way of discussing or making reference to the church. The Apostles' Creed uses the name the Holy Catholic Church. And the Nicene Creed says one holy Catholic and apostolic church. So then this makes us wonder, what does the word Catholic mean? Now, when I say it in this environment, everybody's thinking about the priest, the father, uh, what's the big guy's name, the Pope and all those. But no, that's not, that is a church that has taken on the name because once you understand what the word Catholic means, you'll then understand what's going on. So the word Catholic in both of these uh, situations does not mean a specific denomination. It means the totality of it. Catholic means universal. Catholic means general. That's what the word Catholic means. So if you notice they call the, a specific denomination the Roman Catholic Church. So the word Roman becomes the noun, and then Catholic Church becomes the adjectives that describe the noun. So when we're talking about Catholics in our way of thinking, we're actually saying Roman Catholics because that is who the denomination that we're referring to. But in the creeds before the establishment of the Roman Catholic Church, they were talking about Catholic being the universal, the total church, all of us together as one body. So they're saying that we believe in a universal church that is not just segmented to one area, but that the church is this entire body that comes together in order to glorify the Lord. And so this is a belief that all Christians should be adhering to. It goes back to the earliest days that they were all in this together. What I had was yours, what you had was mine, and we were all in this together. And that's why our subtopic is the way. What, what is the way that we go forward? Do we only focus on God's house Christian church, or do we look at opportunities to bring other churches together so that we can all reflect Jesus to our areas of influence? I think uh, we want to do the latter instead of the former. But we have had the mindset that we were only going to focus on what happens in our four walls and everybody else can just go to that place in a handbasket. Y'all know the place I'm talking about. But I just wanted to be a little different today. Uh, so we have to really look at how we're going forward and the way that we do it. And so we... Look at the, the scriptures that we, that we had today, and it's talking about how we're all brought into this together, how we're all together. Even in Revelation, it says every tribe, every tongue, every language, everybody is in this together. It's not no uh, Baptist section. There's not no Pentecostal section. There's not no uh, non-denominational. There ain't no sections. We're just all in this together. We're just happy to be in the room together. Amen. Yes. 
There was an old song that, that uh, the wine and son, they said millions didn't make it. But I was one of the ones who did. I'm, I'm celebrating the fact that I made it. it. It don't matter who's standing beside me. I'm just happy to be here. I'm glad they made it, but I'm really glad I made it. And so when we look at this, we, we have to realize that God is not wrapped around individuality, but he's looking at us as a unit together going forward, touching other lives. He didn't say, I'm just going to bless this. I'm just going to bless it. Now, there are some folks that say that God only blesses a certain denomination, but that's not true. God blesses where people are obedient. So we have to realize that the church is more than just this local worshiping community. It's God's household. And God is the father. He's the head of the household. Now, when you got a world that is so wrecked with sin, and the church is the place where folks can come and should feel refreshed. They should feel renewed. They should feel empowered to go forth and fight the battles of in and because of this world. And people could come and if they were injured and hurt while they were out in the world, they can come in and be healed and, and they can be recovered and they can be uh, uh, empowered to be what they are called to be. That they can walk in who Jesus is in their lives and they can understand who their true identity is because of the church. So the diversity of members and their gifts within the core unity of the church provides another testimony to others of the triune nature of the one God. That he takes all these different things and causes them to move in the right direction, which draws others into the body. Now, we got to make this clear because folks be doing things. <laughs> I want to make it clear. The New Testament church believers, those that are in today, the churches of today, you, you are to, to participate in a local body of believers. You can't just be waiting for the universality of it. You, there's some things that you need to do in a local body of believers. That is why when folks say, I can worship God on my own, lets me know that you don't understand that what God wants us to do is to not be in an individual sport. This is a team event. We are all in this together. Everybody is important. Everybody has significance. And if you are not there, then you still have significance because you're missed. So we want to emphasize the fact that we come together to encourage one another, to assist one another, to uphold one another, to empower one another so that we can go out and be what God has called for us to be, has called for us to be one body with all our diversities, with all our 
hang-ups, with all our pains, with all our misgivings, with all but one body that when we come together, it looks like everything is okay. But that don't mean it's okay. It just maybe looks like it because we're able to cover one another because of our unity. So we should become a part of a local body and not be, uh, uh, my notes, I, I wrote down free floaters. You know, you're just floating around, just talking about Jesus. But there needs to be a time where you're coming in to get refreshed. We used to say that, you know, you should come to church, you know, so that you could, you know, be energized. And that's the thing. If we would think of the church as uh, uh, either a filling station Back in the day when I was coming up, all you had to do was you pulled into the filling station. They had a little tube going across there. They rang a bell, ding, ding, and then you would sit there, and the guy would come out and say, how can I assist you? And you would say, okay, go ahead and fill her up. And then he'd say, you want me to check your oil? And, you know, it was called a full service station. Yeah. They'd open up the hood. They'd check your oil. They'd walk it around the corner to you say, Oh, you about a quart? You want me to put a quart in there for you? You'd be like, yeah, go ahead and slap a quart on in there for you. Then they come back and say, see, now you're back in. You know, it was this full service situation. And that's the way the church should be. When people pull in, it shouldn't be they got to self-serve. We should come together and show the gifts and the talents, the treasures that God has given us and use them to help one another to make sure that the vehicle that we're riding in this body is fully prepared to go back out onto the road of life. So every week we can stop in and, 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 and come together and get empowered and say, I can do another week. I can do another week. And when I get back with my brothers and sisters, I can be refreshed. You know, it's easy, it's easy to, to do something when you know in the end you can rest. When you know that there's an ending where you can say, whew, I can just, just relax. And that's what the church, so when you're out there doing and, and living for God and going through these battles and going through all these things, this body of local body believers is where you're supposed to come and they say, how was your week? And you can say, my week was hell. And they say, you know what? Mine was too. Let's go on in here together and get refreshed together because I had a crazy week too. And then they come in and because of the love of the environment, they feel refreshed. Okay, my week may have been crazy, but I can endure, I can overcome because I got Jesus. And you know what? Me and Jesus versus the world is more than enough. And so we have to realize that we don't allow a family member just to wander around, that we are responsible for one another. Could you imagine if you lived next to a heavily traveled road and you had some toddlers that you would just go in the house and watch television and not check on the toddlers that's outside playing? No, you would be out there on that porch watching them. And they get close to that road, you'd be like, hey, 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 come back here. We've become this 
family that we protect one another. We, 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 we surround one another. We make sure that we are in good standing. We don't want anyone to get injured. But if they do get injured, we're there immediately to help provide relief. Not yet. Okay, okay. And so we have to, I love her so much, we have to have this mindset whereby when we go forward, we can be the body that God has called for us to be. And people that are on the outside can then look and say, I like how they're doing business. I want to be a part of that. I want to feel a part of something because that's something that God has put within us. He has made us so that we can help one another. And so we have to realize that the, this is what the Bible calls for. He calls for all of us to come together. He calls for us all to be together. He calls for all of us to be one because he commends his blessings wherever there is unity. Now, God considers all believers his sons and daughters regardless of their ethnicity or their gender. And so the local and the global church must stand up and exhibit a radical inclusion of all ethnicities and cultures. We have to reflect what our head of household God enforces. He enforces that all men can come to him, all ethnicities, all genders can come to him, and we should reflect that. Dr. King said the, the most segregated time in, in the United States is Sundays at 11 a.m. Because there were people would go to where they felt comfortable instead of coming together in order to help one another. So it, when we are able to bring together diversity of people, we are showing the world that God has set this thing up so that we are helpers of one another. And this is not just a lip service. It's just an opportunity for us to come together and reveal the truth of what God's word says in our lives. And so we have to re, uh, move forward in a mindset whereby it doesn't matter wh where you were born. It doesn't matter who your people were. It doesn't matter how much pigmentation you have in your skin. It doesn't matter how much you weigh. It doesn't matter how uh, vertically challenged you are. It doesn't matter how whatever excuse that you want to use, God says just come as you are, and we will find out once you come in through the door that there's somebody that's similar to you in the house already. You thought you was exempt. You thought nobody wanted you because you were different. But God says, I made your difference for a purpose. I made your difference so that you can touch somebody else that's different in a different way. I had to use that different twice on that one. Huh? And so because we are all different, we should be able to come together and enhance the, the things that we have in common, which will then make our differences that much stronger. The, uh, Paul said it like this. He said, we all can't be the eye or else how can we hear? We all can't be the nose or how can we eat? We can't all be the foot 
Or how are we going to digest food? You know what I'm saying? That we all have a part to play. But the part of that playing is to come together and operate in unity. The whole subtopic for today is the way. The way that God wants us to operate is the same way that the early church operated. They had all things in common. If I had it, you had it. If you needed it, I would go find it, or we go together and find it. But we made sure that we were all taken care of, and we were all in this together. Why? Because that is what God wants us to do. He wants us to reflect Jesus in our lifestyle, in our conduct. Jesus saw a need. He looked to meet that need. When Jesus saw a, 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 a deficiency, he looked to provide some clarity or he would provide a way for this all to work out. I think about when uh, Paul, uh, Peter opened up his mouth and they said, does God, does Jesus pay taxes? And he was like, yeah, Jesus paid taxes. What do you think? And then he goes to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, I just told him you paid taxes. <laughs> And Jesus said, Paul, uh, he says, uh, Peter, why are you saying this? Uh, he said, I'll tell you what. Go fish, and then when you, when, whatever fish you pull out the water, you, you use that in order to pay our taxes. Now, I know Peter was thinking, now how am I going to pay taxes with a fish? Until he fished, and how, somehow this fish had some gold coins in his mouth, and he was able to pay taxes. You see what I'm saying? Jesus always has a way to work. It may not be the way that we think it's going to work. Uh, the first uh, miracle that Jesus performed, he went to a wedding. And what the end result was, was that the, usually they served the best wine first, but the wine that, that they served at the end, which was the wine that Jesus was involved with, was the best wine that anyone had ever tasted. Because he didn't do things the way everybody else did. He did them totally different, but it's brought about this unity. So as we are walking around and as we are inviting folks to church, as we are giving them invitations to become a part of the fellowship, we should never have in our minds the fact that they are different. We should never have in our minds that they don't look like me. They are uh, not my age. They're younger than me. They're older than me. They're just invite somebody and say, come on and be a part of what I am a part of. Because it's significantly important for us to do that. Because the way in the beginning was, we're just going to live this life and folks are going to do what they're going to do. And what folks did, they wanted to be a part of the way. Because they liked, I, I'm not going to say way that, that many times that just ran through my head. They liked the process by which they did business. Because I'm going to say they liked the way that the way did their way. I said it anyway, didn't I? I did. I knew it. I knew I was going to do it. All right. So with all that said, as we have gone through this, series called Family Life. We have taken the time to point out the three categories of this family life, married, single, children, and we emphasize the fact that each area has significance. However, each area also affects 
the other areas. And so we want to operate in the power of unity by recognizing where we all operate out of. There's nothing wrong with being married. There's nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with being a child. But there are things that should be happening so that we can strengthen one another. There should be some execution, some interaction, some empowerment so that we can assist one another. It doesn't matter your disposition. What matters is, is that you're a part of the body of Christ. And so with that said, we're going to go ahead and call it a day on this series. But the most important thing in all this is that you have to. There's no other way around it. The only way is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you have to have that relationship because if you don't have that relationship, you're not even a part of the family. Because he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light, and no one comes to the Father except by me. So you could come along and be alone, but until you go through the right process, you will never be what God has called for you to be, which is a family member. And so we don't want you to miss out today if you've never done it before. We want to remind you that Jesus died just for you. Jesus paid the price for your sin. Sin is missing the mark. And the Bible says that the wages of sin, the result of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if we accept Jesus into our lives, then what happens is we are accepted into the body of Christ. When you're accepted into the body of Christ, then you are adopted by God back into the family, reconciled back to him because that's all he wants is to reconcile you back to himself. You are his creation and he wants to have fellowship with you. And so the Bible says it like this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So our desire is for you to be saved. That word saved means to be rescued or delivered. And we are Rescuing, we're not, but Jesus has rescued and delivered us from the penalty of sin, which I said already is death. And he wants to give you eternal life, spending eternity, as we have mentioned in our, our scripture today in Revelations, that everybody's just going to be together, white robe, just blessing the name of the Lord. And we want you to be a part of that. And if you made that decision today, please let us know. Send us an email at info at godshousecc.com. We will get back with you. We will do whatever is necessary to help you to appropriate what God has for you in your life. I say it every time that this is not an individual sport. This is a team event, and we want to come alongside you and assist you with that. Let us know. Info at godshousecc.com, and we will definitely get with you. Well, friends and family, this is the end of the series.
family life. If you've missed any part of the series, you can go to the YouTube page, God's House Christian Church, and there you will discover whichever one you've missed. And we pray that it will be a blessing to you, even hearing it a second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth time, how many times you need to listen to it. Uh, just make sure that you uh, listen to it again. All right? Well, brand new um, uh, series starting next week because for those of you that are paying attention, this Tuesday is Fat Tuesday, which means that means this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So that means we get ready to start Lent. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. So y'all old folks, y'all know what Lent means. <laughs> All right? But we're not putting no restrictions on you this year. This year we're going to let you just kind of run and put your personal restrictions on. But what I do want to tell you is that this whole season that we're going to, our whole series is on Lent, talking about making sure that we're prepared, mm -hmm. making sure that we have everything in position and, and, and for us to reflect upon what Jesus has done for us. And so this whole thing, I just kind of told you the series, huh? The next series is going to be on Lent, uh, reflection and preparation. And so I believe that it's going to be very good for us as we lead up until uh, Easter Sunday. All right, with that said, we have nothing else to say. I do, but I ain't going to say nothing else. I'm just, I'm just being... And I just want to say this. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.